You are now tuned in to Saved and Woke. Yes, I am. What up, everybody? It's your boy, MSW. That's Mr. Saved and Woke, also known as Juan Enrique Tusay. Before you watch the video, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And all of my YouTube viewers, please hit that little bell to get notifications of all our new content. Now, without further ado, enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. So today I'm here with a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Arisha Mathis. Absolutely. And... Before we get into learning just a little bit of background about her, the topic for today is creatives and spirituality. So that's just going to be the focus of what we're talking about today. But before we get into that, Risha, could you let us know this, like some background on yourself, who you are, what you're about, where you're from, stuff like that. Cool. So I am Risha. Most people call me Risha. Um, I'm a born-again believer. I'm originally from a small town in Duplin County called Wallace. Duplin um, County, North Carolina. No, it's, that's the county. It's Wallace, North Carolina, which oh. is located in Duplin County. Um, it's about 40 miles from Wilmington, so it's like rural. Um, I came here in 2004 okay. to attend North Carolina Central University, um, and I did not go back. You <laughs> did not return, okay. No, so I've been here ever since then. That's what's up. Um, I'm a real creative, so I do write spoken word, blogs, books, um, essays, ghostwriting, just a little bit of everything. That's what's up. Yeah, I first met Risha at a, a at a poetry slam, and it was dope. Praise God. Yeah, she was she was she was doing her thing for the Lord. So yeah, and then we just. We have a mutual acquaintance through my wife and a bunch of other friends. And one thing that I have noticed about Risha is that she is very real and straightforward, um, which I think is kind of perfect for this conversation that we're having because a lot of times when people talk about spirituality and, it's, and a lot of things in general, but definitely with spirituality, people kind of like beat around the bush mm. in the terms of okay, like, what do you really believe? Like when you say these things, when you say you live by X, Y, or Z, what are you really saying? What are your core beliefs? But you don't have to talk to Risha for five minutes to find out <laughs> what she believes. So um, my next question, so when you say you're a believer, mm. what does that mean to you? It means that Christianity is more than my religious preference. So it's more so that I have accepted Jesus Christ as my savior and do actively follow him, mm -hmm. opposed to it just being the religion itself. Yeah, got you. That's what's up, that was very succinct. I should practice that. <laughs> so I wanted to have this conversation because I was actually listening to another podcast and the Jude 3 project, by the way, which is great. I highly, highly recommend it. And the episode was talking about engaging creatives with apologetics. Mm -hmm. um, not gonna explain what apologetics is because I have a very loose understanding myself, but one comment that their, that their guest, 
that they said was that it's easy to talk with creatives, their actors, artists, whatever, about spirituality because all or most creatives are quote unquote spiritual. Okay. And I think that's interesting because I would consider, like, I consider myself spiritual. I would probably assume that you also consider yourself to be spiritual. And I think that a lot of non-Christian people who consider themselves spiritual or non-religious people who consider themselves spiritual would not consider us spiritual. So being as that, seeing as how you are a creative in your own right, um, what what is it that they are talking about when they're saying that they're spiritual? I see. So I first like to give a disclaimer that I don't speak for all creatives. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for people to understand. But based on what I've seen, um, people that say that they're spiritual mean that they believe in a spiritual being or a higher power. But it yeah. does not necessarily mean that the higher power is God. Yeah. So they could be basically they they believe in the essence. Excuse me, of a spiritual world. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that's what they believe makes them spiritual, the art of actually believing in something, in someone higher than themselves. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, and I I think that's funny because in addition to just not being Christian, um, I feel like a lot of times there's this like sort of, not all the time, but a lot of times there's like this sort of like this air of haughtiness or pride and i guess it's kind of natural to mm -hmm. be you know prideful or boastful about whatever you believe in because of, i feel like you know most people they believe in something because they think that's that's the right thing to be but i feel like some of it in terms of like especially with like creative spiritualism comes from like this like they like they know something that we christians don't mm -hmm which I kind of find funny. Um, but what, what's the sense that you get from that? The scripture that came um, to mind was the God of this world is blotted at their eyes. Hmm. And I think that, I, I guess it's similar to you and I, whenever we were, you know, before we got born again, yeah. unless we had foreknowledge of the word of God and actually believed it, we didn't think we were wrong. True. So it's kind of like, it's one of those things where if you're not living it, or you don't agree with it, then you think you're right. Everyone, most people, um, live and act out of their belief systems. True that. And very few people who think what they're doing is wrong continue to walk that way. Yeah. And going off of what you said, like you, you mentioned like us. So I, before I really truly started living for the Lord, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to call myself a Christian, let me live according to the Bible and, and allow the Holy Spirit, you know, to lead me. Even before that, you know, I consider myself a quote-unquote Christian. Mm -hmm. And But even then, I would say that my spirituality was, I, I was still blinded by, by the God of this, by the spirit of this world. And like my spirituality was not, uh, not anything that was pleasing, that was pleasing to God. And I think the reason I think it's kind of funny when not haha ha, funny when people assume that because their spirituality like that is 
so I guess free and not it's like not not um, confined by organized religion mm -hmm. that it's somehow above and beyond anything that the Bible even mentions but like you said you said the Bible says that anyone who does not accept Christ is um, blinded by the spirit of this world and I'm like well I mean yeah you think you're you think you're you think you're great but I said actually you know the Bible does say something about y'all mm -hmm. the Bible says something about everybody who doesn't believe in God it's like you're you're blinded by the spirit of this world so what am I trying to say here well our goal as a Christian is like you know we're supposed to be able to reach everybody right mm-hmm so how do you how do you reach somebody who's who thinks they already got it, especially in terms of spirituality? Because like sometimes you know I think it's like it's it's one thing, and I think like when I was in when I was little we always approached, you know, evangelism or sharing the gospel with somebody mm -hmm. as like somebody who doesn't believe in nothing, mm -hmm. like they believe in absolutely nothing. Um, but the whole purpose of this conversation is like these people believe in something. So how do how do how do you how do you approach that? I think it starts with love. Um, when I was a sinner, I already knew I was going to hell. Word. Yeah, so <laughs> it wasn't um, because I grew up in church. So it wasn't, okay, you know, you. if a person approached me like, hey, you're going to hell. I'm like, hey, it's, hey, it's not new. It's, hey. I'm, I'm aware of that. So I believe that it starts um, in love because, as we previously said, most people believe that they're right. Mm -hmm. So if someone was coming to you and they were abrasive, or um, aggressive, offensive, would you want to listen to them? And I feel like that it starts with that, but I think the other thing is um, showing the love of God mm -hmm. so that they can feel it, but also having the word of God present so that they know that you're not just making something up. What do you mean, have it present? Uh, meaning being able to produce what you're saying. So if you're telling me that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, I want you to be able to show that to me. But for me personally, I always start with asking someone, do you believe that the word of God is infallible? Because if they don't believe that the word of God is infallible, you have some people that believe it's been tampered with, some people that believe it's a fairy tale, some believe, you know, you know what, whatever it is that they believe. If they don't, if you can't come to an agreement that what this is is His word, then you're kind of already at a loss. Because they're not nothing else that you say after that is really going to be relevant to them. All right. So, do you think like that it's almost pointless to? even pursue a conversation well maybe not even just a conversation about religion but like even a friendship with no with, absolutely not, not okay mm -mm. because um the bible says that his goodness leads people to repentance hmm. so what that says to me is that there are different if you ever sit down and talk to an unbeliever sometimes they can really just run you through a long testimony service Word. Yeah, about how you know? Oh, I know that was God that did this, or I know it was God that did that. So they're aware of so something, they, right? So I wouldn't say just because they don't believe that the Word of God is infallible, or just because you can't produce the Bible per se, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't try. Because gotcha. we also have to keep in mind too that whenever we're encountering people, it's God is the one that does the drawing mm -hmm. and the convicting. True. So it's not. I don't. I wouldn't say that it's hopeless. Yeah, that is something that I still have to really get or work through mm -hmm. in terms of like me feeling like, okay, if I'm going to bring up God right now, because I could just not say anything. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of times I don't. 
I was like, I could not say something just, you know, for the sake of sparing our relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but you're saying, just go ahead and, and talk with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel like- that's love. Yeah. That's like if you knew someone was about to drive through, what are like the railroad crossings and mm -hmm. there was a train coming, would you be like, hey, you know, don't go that way? Or would you just be like, look, I don't want to offend them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want them to get mad, so I guess oh, I yeah. just let them. It's the same concept. That's real. Because eternal life and eternal separation from God are very, very real. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things like, if they get mad, they can't say they didn't hear the truth. Yeah. And if, you know, they chose not to hear it and something happened to them, then you don't have to have on your conscience that you didn't try. Yeah. That's what's up. So for me, like a lot of times if I try to witness to someone and they declined and I just ask if I can pray with them so that, you know, God to put other laborers in their path or it'll start the process. Cause you know, sometimes if people say something to you, it leaves a lasting impression. You'll like ponder it yeah. later. So. Oh yeah. And that, that brings to mind another scripture. I don't know where it is in the Bible, but I just know like Paul was talking about, you know, how some plant the seed, others water mm -hmm. and others will, you know, see see the manifestation of the fruit being born and it's like you don't know who you are in that in that process you might be the the, the seed planter who doesn't initially see mm -hmm. anything but you, you're crucial because without you watering dirt is not going to bring forth anything there's no seed in there and then of course there's going to be no no fruit from that so um do you have any any like close friends who are not who are unsaved but that you just are like when you're with them, maybe not, you're not like beating them over the head with the Bible, but like just intentionally showing, doing like you said, show, showing the word, mm -hmm. showing the words to them. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't beat them over the head with it, but I do talk to them about eternal life. I do tell them that God loves them. I think probably the thing that delayed me in coming back to God the most mm -hmm. was not having revelation that he loved me. Had I known that he loved me, I would have came back a lot quicker, but I was so busy trying to get everything out of my system, like workspace, uh -huh. so that wow. I could, you know, walk up rightly before him after I had everything out of my system. Oh, you were trying to get like, yourself together mm -hmm. first? Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like I was working for the love of God, something that was already there. Hmm. So it's like I made sure that they understand, regardless of what you're doing, God still loves you. Do you think that's a common misconception about God's love? Mm-hmm. Because I think most people see God as a God of wrath. Yeah. It's, it's extremes. Either you see him as someone that you can take for granted. Or just you see like, Just all 100% grace, grace on yeah. grace. Yeah. yeah. Or you see the other extreme where it's like, oh, God is going to strike you down. Or, mm -hmm. oh, someone's house burned down. They must not have been living right. <laughs> so that was a freak accident. You know, God did that as punishment. It's yeah. not to say that God doesn't have wrath. Obviously, we know he does, but... There are other aspects of that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that is a huge misconception, whether it's like, whether you consider yourself spiritual, basically anybody who's not a Christian, I feel like, and even some Christians, man, like a lot, not some, a lot of Christians. I would probably venture to say most Christians have a really flawed misconception of God. And of course, nobody understands God fully. The Bible says we're the, the best of us, the most spiritually enlightened are seeing through a glass, are look, looking through like tinted windows at God. And that's our mm -hmm. understanding. We just see the outline of God. Those of us who understand him the best. Mm -hmm. um, but something that's just like completely 
wrong, I believe, is that God is like vindictive mm-hmm. and mad at you. And even when, like, when you sin, like, yeah, just because I feel like if, if somebody confesses that they, yeah, they believe that there is such a thing as sin, mm-hmm. then automatically, well, oh, you believe then that, you know, God is mad at me and that you have the right to, mm-hmm. you know, talk bad about me and all that stuff. Um, so how do you, can you think of an example of like a conversation you had with somebody like what what their thought process was and how you know you just allowed the holy spirit to just use you in that moment to ex- to express the truth mm-hmm. i remember a couple of years ago i walked into a cruisers it was somewhere a cruisers mm-hmm. those gas stations yeah i was okay it was, i think i was like in the country and i walked in to get something put on the cash register and God was like, tell the cashier that I love her. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Because it, because it's, it's, you know, it could come off as weird if yeah. you're minding your own businesses and someone just comes to you and says, hey, God told me to tell you you love me. Like, oh yeah, sure he did. So I was like, whenever God told me to do it, it didn't leave me. So um, she was ringing the stuff up. So I literally only had a couple of seconds left. So I was like, uh, excuse me, you know, I'm, you know, sorry to kind of come off the cuff, but God told me to tell you that he loves you. And her face just turned like really, really red. She backed away from her and she was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Excuse me, she was like, thank you so much. I needed to hear that. So it was like, it's one of those examples where you say one plant and one waters, mm-hmm. but it's just like someone, you never know what someone is going through. Yeah. And there's so many people in the world that feel unloved or... You clearly weren't the first person yeah. that she was talking to about that, even if it was like her praying. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's like, you know, for that type of thing. Or sometimes God tells me to tell an unbeliever, like, hey, listen, God told me to tell you he loves you. I told one of my cousins that one night, and she was just like, well, why would he tell me that? And I'm like, because <laughs> he does. Like, it's, you know, it's not, far, it's not as far-fetched as people think. And I think that's the other misconception is that people don't, understand that God is not some stone that just sits in one spot that doesn't think that doesn't move that doesn't feel mm-hmm. and I think that that kind of hinders the thought process of some people as it relates to loving um, or God loving them yeah one thing that I think kind of just completely dispels that and even helps me when I'm feeling like God is mad at me is when I so I heard somebody say this one time and it's another another scripture that I don't know where exactly is. <laughs> Say that, yes, God is angry um, when we sin, but He's poured out all His wrath on Jesus, mm-hmm. and so that there is there is no anger left for us for us who believe mm-hmm. for us who believe in Him. And then I was with uh, that was another minister. It's actually so my pastor's spiritual father. Mm-hmm. He was ministering at our at our church, the Cove Church International, <laughs> and he was reading Romans eight and one, which says, "Which most Bibles say there is now no condemnation mm-hmm. for those who are in Christ Jesus." And he told us it was like, "Well, actually, that part right there for those who are in Christ Jesus that was actually added later. Mm-hmm. The original scripture just says, for there is now no condemnation.'" Mm-hmm. And that was kind of mind blowing for me because, but it actually, it does make sense because, you know, if we can, like anybody, sinners can come just boldly to God for, for forgiveness and confess and confession that, you know what, I do believe in your son mm-hmm. and, you know, and there's, and there's no condemnation for, 
for what you've done in the past. And then, of course, especially like once you believe in Christ, yeah, you know, you just come back and, and ask for forgiveness. And I just think that that's like a huge thing that people don't get. I think that's what leads to people seeking um, other forms of spirituality because, I mean, unless you are convinced that you have to perform some sort of penance mm -hmm. to receive righteousness or salvation, I don't think anybody naturally wants to serve some hard mm -hmm. and monolithic God like you were. Like you were, uh, how do you use your art to show people who God is? To express your spirituality? I pretty much being a scribe. So it's like whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to share, I do it unadulterated. And I do it in faith that is it reaches whomever it's supposed to reach in the context that it's supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. so, um, some ahead. people have referred to my poetry as layered, which means that it's multidimensional according to their descriptions. Uh -huh. And I think that's like the beautiful thing about God because it could be one way where I thought it was intended to be, but then it reaches people where they are in their situations. Um, most of my pieces start with testimony pieces because there are a lot of things that God deals with in my art that it starts with me. And for those people who don't know what a testimony is, could you like just, just explain what you mean by that? A testimony is pretty much like a story of what happened. Like if you go to court and you're giving a testimony, you're just telling what happened from your point of view. Uh huh. So that's what in the Christian arena, the church context, when we say testimony, testifying, that's what we're doing with telling the story. A, a factual story. Yeah. And could you give us like some examples of like some of the subject matter of some of your poems? Okay. So, um, talk about personal growth. Um, I'll talk about, as I said, testimony pieces, times that I thought my life was over. Hmm. God redeemed me. Um, struggles that I had. Yeah. Being transparent about it so that people don't think they're alone. Like they don't think they're the only person that's experienced something that causes them to withdraw or not be honest and seek help about whatever. Yeah. Going on. Um, some of them are to provoke people in the body to think, to evaluate themselves. Not that I'm saying I'm judging you, but the Bible says to judge yourself so that you won't be judged. Mm. So sometimes whenever Snaps. God gives me, gives me. <laughs> Lyrics like that for you know people in the body to kind of look at where they are and to act accordingly. That's what's up. And I think the part that's huge is like you said, you give your testimony, not just truthful, like oh God saved me, but like you know, like like in court, the whole truth. Like mm -hmm. yeah, God saved me, and before that, right, I was a mess. Right. That's <laughs> that's the important part because sometimes I think in the body we can project ourselves to be so holy. Mm -hmm. Like there was never any sin before God came in. It. God's job in cleaning us up was just so minute. Yeah, and I was not inclined to righteousness before I got saved. <laughs> no, and none of us, none of us were. None yeah. of us were. But I think sometimes we present ourselves so piously that it's it's a turnoff. Piously meaning in a self righteous kind of way, not yeah. um, in a holy kind of way. We should be holy, but just. Where people don't realize, like, I'll tell people, listen, I was a hot mess. I'm still a hot mess. I'm a work in progress. 
And you know, if you're a hot mess, if God can save me, you can save you, trust cool. me. How do you say that though without making people feel like, or validating, like continuing to live unrighteously? You know, cause sometimes I feel like when mm -hmm. people here like, you know, I'm a, I'm a work in progress and they're like, they use that as their excuse for, for, con for continuing to do wrong. It's like, well, you know, I'm a work in progress. So here I go. I'm just going to line one up one more time. Yeah. We all work in progress, <laughs> bro. That's true. I think um, one of the, the biggest analogies that I use is like, if I punch you in the arm and I say, I'm sorry, and you're like, okay, this cool, Reese. And then I intentionally punch you in the arm again. How serious would you um believe i was about saying i'm sorry it's the same concept with god whenever mm -hmm. we repent we have to be willing to change gotcha. that's really what makes the difference in habitually living in sin yeah and and really making efforts to be righteous yeah what was huge for me was when i really when i realized that i could not make myself do right mm -hmm. i mean in some ways i can because like yeah i've never like just gone off and punched somebody in the face whatever but there were certain things that i could not will myself to do mm -hmm. and one time when i was it was when i first started like reading the bible for myself i remember reading psalm 51 mm -hmm. and that is the psalm that david wrote after he was caught uh well after he was confronted about sleeping with um, one of his soldiers' wives and then setting him up to be killed mm -hmm. after he found out that he had gotten his soldier's wife pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, and David has been confronted and he just, I know he could, he, he like went through a period of just humbling himself of fasting, fasting and prayer. He was first, he was fasting for the life of his, of that unborn child because God was like, okay, he's going to die mm -hmm. because of what you've done. Um, and in that psalm, he says, create in me a pure heart, mm -hmm. oh God. And one thing, like I had, heard, of course, heard that my whole life. Because like you, I grew up in church. But I, because I guess I was like submitting to God in that moment, he like opened it up for me. And I was like, wow. He said, create in me a, cure, a pure heart, which means that he was expressing his awareness that he could not create in himself mm -hmm. a pure heart. He could not make his own heart pure. Like, yeah, he could desire probably mm -hmm. to, to, to do right, but he couldn't make himself right. And that's what, that's what really helped me was when I was like, God, I want to want to mm -hmm. do right. Because I was still like trying to, I wanted to like, I, I wanted to, um, to go back and do the, the kind of stuff that I had done before. And just, mm -hmm. you know, full disclosure, like sometimes, like I used to smoke, I used to smoke weed a lot. And I remember once I, I smelled, I got, a, I got a puff and I was like, dang, good times, <laughs> good times. And it's by the grace of God that, that he did change me. And like, I can tell like, like right now it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to that, but it wasn't because I just willed myself. I can't, I can't give you the five steps. Mm -hmm. The one step is I submitted it to God, you know? I think, um, I think it's like Philippians 2 and 13. That's the scripture that I remember. Um, meditating on recently mm -hmm. because it's some things that head knowledge in my mind I will to do it but in my heart it's not there 
Yeah, that's so, like what Paul was like saying, you know, well, are you about to say that? No, it's gonna, <laughs> it talks about how the spirit of God works on the inside of us okay. to help us do the will of God. Yeah. And so it's like, um, like you were, I think you were about to say about the things that I would do. Yep. Yeah. Um, I would meditate on that a lot. Like, okay, if I just will to do it, if I just in my heart will to do it, okay, God, I don't want to do this. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to do it. But if it pleases you to do this, then strengthen me. So that I'm able to do it, give me the grace. Yeah, and I think that's huge too. Just like, not only are you real when you come to people, but you're real when you come to God. And like, hey man, God, like, yeah, of course, sometimes I'm coming into God and I'm feeling super spiritual. I feel very pure, and I'm just like, yes, and you know, have some you know, really, <laughs> some really great worship, some really great prayer, mm -hmm. where I'm feeling like I'm standing right next to, to the throne. Right. I'm in the room with Him. Right. And I and I'm all I'm feeling all His glory. And sometimes I'm just like I'm very aware of my you know, earthly residence. And I'm like, hey God, uh, I know this is what you want me to do. Not feeling it. And I feel like if people were aware that this is how you can come to God, like the Bible says we can come to God boldly, mm -hmm. then they would be more, more receptive. Well, I think the, the thing to, um, and I remember I used to do this a lot, was like, okay, I'm gonna talk to God about this, but I'm not gonna talk to him about that. Mm. But it was it was very foolish because it's like God is all knowing. He know he already knows the contents he of my knowing. heart. Yeah, he knows. He knows. <laughs> so it's really more beneficial for us. True. That I mean he's he's already aware, yeah. but I, I believe that God is like, okay, now I can do it because you've acknowledged it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, now we're we're on to something now. Opposed to just like you adding as if it's not an issue or you trying to hide it in what I call the crevices of our heart. You know, I, sometimes people used to sweep dirt in that little corner. Yeah. I think it's the same concept. But whenever you're like, look, God, look, the whole room is messy. Uh -huh. I have stuff underneath my bed. I got some stuff I hid in the closet. I got some stuff that I put in the dishwasher and I did not turn the dishwasher on. Listen, this is... I, I need you to help me fix this. I need you to do this for me. I think it makes a vast difference. Yeah, and something that you just said that was pretty huge was that all that we do for God is for our is for our good. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of unbelievers uh, scoff at Christianity because one, yeah, like they see God as just some unloving, really harsh critic of everything that they do and also that it's like oh i'm just doing this just to please this god who's kind of a jerk mm -hmm. um but really like you just communicated it was that that righteousness is good for us it's good for us to mm -hmm. submit to god um because that's i mean that's what we were created to do he said god created this world so that submission to him would be good mm -hmm. and, I think um, it was, I was talking to a good friend of mine one day and we were like discussing that there will be weeping in heaven. Hmm. And I had not considered that before. I was just trying to get there. <laughs> you know, it just, really? listen, I'm just glad they have eternal life. Okay, I've never heard somebody say that before. So, so it's like, expound. Um, you know, everyone has people that they're supposed to reach. Uh -huh. So it's like, you know, the Bible, um, is it the soul winner's crown? Have you heard of that? I've heard people reference, but I think you're talking about. Like, yeah, for basically you're supposed to um, cast your crown at God's feet. Mm -hmm. Everyone won't be able to do that. So I'm like, okay, 
I have a, I have to go like a step beyond, not workspace, but just like, no, listen, this is not just about securing eternal life for myself. What is it that God has put in me that I can do? What is it that God has called me to do to reach others? I want him to like max me out. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just get to heaven like, dang, I'm here and I'm grateful to be here. Don't get me wrong. But then just to see so much more that I could have done. It's because I was being lazy or being selfish or just content with having eternal life. And I spent a, quite a, um, a bit of my early part of my relationship with God in um, <laughs> just being glad to have eternal life for myself. It's like so much bigger than that. Yeah, I feel like, well, I definitely started off like that. Like, I thought the whole purpose of being saved was just that I could die and go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Because that's pretty much how it was presented to me a lot of times. And I feel like uh, a lot of evangelism, a lot of evangelism techniques that I had been exposed to was like, okay, first, when you talk to this person first, you got to convince them <laughs> that without God, they're basically, like, you got to convince them that without God, they're going to hell mm -hmm. when they die. And I, pretty much like the main benefit of being a Christian is is after you die. Um, but we know that's not the case because like live abundant life is right now. Like Jesus said, if you believe in me, he said you will have abundant life. He didn't say when you die. Right. You'll have abundant life. And like live life in Christ is about like it's it's spiritual. Because mm. like before before we before before we believe in him, we're spiritually dead mm -hmm. and then when we believe in him we're made a lot we're brought back to life just like he was right again um and that that could even even be like a whole other podcast episode right there just talking about what life really is mm -hmm. and what spiritual life is so like one thing that i've noticed is that i feel like a lot of people refer to things as spiritual mm -hmm. that really aren't they refer to things that are emotional Mm -hmm. as spiritual experiences like reality exactly oh yeah so like <laughs> basically like, like yeah like where there's like a lot of people think that like you know like using using drugs or using certain substances um can facilitate mm -hmm. a spiritual experience um and i know that there's probably you know some like probably like occult religions or whatever that use substances in their rituals and stuff like that but that's not what i'm talking about um and i know like a lot of people like certain physical activities like something like even sex they'll talk about how like what how that facilitates their their spirituality mm -hmm. or are even like uh yoga and mm -hmm. stuff like that how that's spiritual and, like the, you get the the spiritual release and i'm like well all these things are it's either physical or emotional which is aspects of human nature mm -hmm. um because like you know we're just like god he's a triune beings father son holy spirit mm -hmm. they're the three persons of the one godhead and he created us like that in his image to be you know triune spirit soul and body is like okay emotionally emotional stuff happens to you mm -hmm. it could be very like a you know a, a peak you'd be having like some sort of you know peak life experience whatever yeah. <laughs> but you know that's essentially emotional Mm -hmm. and when you are uh, you know taking care of your temple that's like it's like something some some spiritual duty like that's physical like it's part of you but it's not getting to the 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 spiritual the eternal part mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so 
I think how do you that communicate that? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. How I do think you... we do that in the body. Where it's like you go to church and you have all these emotions evoked. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like praising God, worshiping God. Oh, so you're saying we do that church. Christians yeah. do that as well. How gotcha. many times, you know, do, do Christians go to go to church without actually experiencing the presence of God? Mm -hmm. And they're like running around, like falling out on the floor, slapping your neighbor high five, <laughs> jumping for joy, doing all these things, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's emotion mm -hmm. without that actual connection, that actual entrance into the presence of God. So when you say experience the presence of God, like how do you know that you've experienced the presence of God? I usually feel it in peace. Peace. Mm -hmm. It's a like a, a stillness. Um, the entire em environment changes. Mm -hmm. That's how I experience it. Sometimes it's like a moisture on my skin. If it's something physically tangible, sometimes it feels like a cool mist. It's different stuff. But what if you don't feel anything? It doesn't mean God isn't present. Really? Mm -mm. I think sometimes that's where we mess up. Always wanting to feel something physical because that's like God that's like if you are having a hard time and you come in here and you pray and you say God I don't feel you mm -hmm. does that mean that God isn't with you well according to his word he says he will never leave you or forsake <laughs> you yeah I just think it's, <laughs> you have something like the holies of holies yeah were you feeling it mm-hmm and then it's just, um, I don't think that God actually ever leaves us. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's huge. Because I used to feel like if I didn't feel goosebumps, yeah. everyone I prayed, that meant like God wasn't there mm. or he didn't hear me. And then there was one point when I was reading the Bible. And there's so many stories where the Bible will say, but talk about one particular character. Let's see, not character, but figure. So Joseph, particularly, like he went through some mess, mm -hmm. um, and the whole time it says, "But God was with him." Mm -hmm. And then I realized that it never said—I don't think it's ever said about anybody that they felt mm -hmm. that God was with them. Right. I don't think there's any passage of the Bible where it says, "And so and so felt God's presence." Like even the, um, even the, when the. Uh, that the apostles and all the all the believers when they were at, at the uh what was it on the, on the day of pentecost mm -hmm. said tongues of fire you know were above their head it didn't say that they could see them mm -hmm. and it didn't say that that well probably he said like the you know there was like the rushing wind so they might have felt that but like like every single like uh manifestation of god's presence like was not really either felt or perceived mm -hmm. by the people whom like, god was working on their behalf for and so when I really when I realized that I was like oh so I don't have to feel it. It's more like my faith. It's like it really comes down to faith. Like, do I believe mm -hmm. what this word says that God that my God is here, that He will never leave me nor forsake me. Yeah, I think though I think those are two different things, like the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and then just in your everyday. His presence. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you sometimes just not feeling it because I know sometimes there have been times that I prayed and you know the devil like see. You don't feel it. You feel the exact same way. And bouncing off the wall. Yeah. Coming yeah. back at you. That's, that's, that's no point. Stop praying about it kind of thing. But 
I'm glad it's not. It's not that way. That's what's up. Yeah. So, I think that's this is a perfect time to just to to pray for mm -hmm. for God's guidance um, for ourselves and for everybody who's listening or watching this podcast. Um, so we just go to Him right now, Lord God. We thank you for being who you are. I th we thank you, Lord God, that you are that you are exactly that. You're just who you are. You're not who we think you are. Who, um, who people perceive you to be. You are who you are. Mm -hmm. And we just ask, Lord God, that you show us who you are and that you help us live out your word and show people who you are by our lives. Lord God, help us not to shy away from conversations and like asking people straight up, like, what do you believe? Like, what do you really believe about this universe that we're in, about this creation? And what do you believe is going to happen to you, you know, after you go? What do you believe about everything that's really, truly important? Lord God, give us the grace and humility to go into these conversations with an open mind, not to to change our foundational beliefs, but just to hear and to understand where people are coming from. Um, help us to walk in that love and that grace and to be able to share it with them in a way in the way that you want us to, Lord God, so that your will for that, those people's lives will be accomplished, Lord God. And we just thank you for being with us, regardless of how we feel. You are with us. And regardless of how people's faces look, help us to have faith, Lord God, that to know that you are with us and that you are using us. And beyond what we can even understand, we might even forget about the conversation, Lord God, that you have... The, the potential and the will, the desire and the power to accomplish your will through, you know, just the intentional messages like what Risha was sharing, just saying God, God loves you. And then also the, the long intentional overtime conversations that we have building relationships with people or God that we might think just are, are useless. They're not. Help us to, to be encouraged, Lord God. And to know that we're not working in vain. Um, and that in due season, we will reap a harvest if we faint not, Lord God. And by we, I mean the, the whole entire body of Christ. We might not see that harvest, but the body of Christ will reap. So we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Risha, thank for coming you for on. Thank you for me. your time. Um, can you let everyone know how to get in contact with you keep up with you on social media and let us know about any projects you have coming up that you want us to know about cool so um instagram is but you can call me risha i couldn't use my handle because somebody else already had it so i had to add but you can so this but you can call me risha facebook is called me risha tumblr is called me risha medium is called me risha that's pretty much where my um blogs and stuff are uh -huh. my website callmerisha.com I have a book that'll be out this fall. Um, that's close to home. It's called Close to Home. Close to Home. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, I'll be talking about that soon via Facebook Live, probably about in the next 15 to 30 days. Cool. And I'll make sure to put all of that information in the podcast description and on the YouTube description as well. Thank you. So again, that's it, y'all. Bam. Thank you for watching this episode of the Saved and Woke podcast. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and sign up for notifications to keep up with all of our new content. As always, you can keep up with me personally 
at Mr. Underscore Save and Woke on Instagram and Twitter. And you can now keep up with the show on Instagram at Saved and Woke. That does it for today. Until next time, keep the faith and stay woke. Thank you.